Welcome to the Lounge, a show where I, Jesse Edmond, talk to just the coolest people in the gaming industry. Today, my guest is fellow misdirected marker Wayne Chang of Bonestone Obsidian. He also has a podcast that he's doing called Manifest Zone, and he he did it, he wrote an adventure with Keith Baker. Uh, called Curtain Call uh, that was put out by Encoded Designs. So, thanks for stopping by to check it out. And here is Wayne. I'm I'm really excited to chat Dark Sun with you because. Um, <laughs> I played, I played the hell out of that original box set. I killed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every everything that came in that box set. I destroyed because I played that <laughs> game so much. Um, box included. Um, yeah, that was um, Dark Sun was Dark Sun was scary. I mean, you know, that was you know early on and and whatnot and you get into this thing where it's completely different. I think it's actually one of the first boxes that I actually purchased because mm-hmm. um, second edition came around, you know, I was still a kid, so not a lot of money to spend on, on gaming and sure. you, know, you get the box set and you're like, Oh wow. And you're like, I, I think I said literally other than like the second edition, like handbooks, I think that was the only one I actually, I think I only purchased back then. And you're just like, you open it up and like, this is completely different. This yeah. is, what are these flip books? That's so weird. Um, and then you had the Wanderer's Journal. And I, I read that cover to cover over and over again, oh. because it was like, it was, it was so different. It was, you are literally reading someone's journal and he's, and he's saying, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Or, I don't know about this. And you're like, but, but you need to be, I need to know things. <laughs> You know, I'm like, where, where is this? Like, oh, what's the secret here? Well, I was like, I've never been here. Like, but, 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 <laughs> you know, as a kid, you're like, how do you didn't, I don't have the imagination. You just didn't, you didn't have context. I think that was one of the things is you, I got into that thing and you're like, I don't have any context for living in a desert, Yeah. but it's pretty cool. You know, um, you know, weapon materials that was like, that was one of the most fun things. You're like, well, finding weapon materials, um, skinning things, and and collecting things so you could make more weapons and armor. Um, you know, that was a that was a big deal. I don't think, you know, it's hard to remember. I mean, Dark Sun is is very very long ago in, in memory, and you're like, because I haven't played since I guess fourth edition Dark Sun. I haven't played fifth edition. I played fourth edition, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm trying to remember if any of my characters even had armor. I'm like, was AC a big thing back then? <laughs> well, well, that's remember. the thing. It was, but it was it was piecemeal armor. I mean, you didn't put on, you didn't put on full suits mm-hmm. of armor because you yeah. die. Um, I, I, in fact, I can remember. Um, so where I got really into Dark Sun was actually the Skills and Powers days. Do you remember Skills and mm-hmm. Powers? I do remember it. I didn't play a lot of it. I was yeah. a little bit out of D and D at that point. It was, I think it was uh, something else. 
to say it was reviled by most players from around that era, <laughs> but like we we had a, a great time with it. Our group had a great time with it at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was the point where we were building like like custom monsters and stuff like that. Dark Sun was the first mm-hmm. time I ever created a Dungeons and Dragons uh, creature from fiction because mm-hmm. I had read the Prism Pentad. And I wanted at one point a bear shows up and he does right. this great description of the bear. And I'm like, I want to, you know, my players are going to fight a bear. So, <laughs> but there was no bear. Um, yeah, yep. Until I think they, they eventually added, was that a Clar or something like that? That was kind of the bear. Um, hmm. That was probably in the second, the second, yeah, the second book of second monsters. monster monsters compendium, yeah, for Dark Sun, yeah, um, oh. yeah, I think it was probably that. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dark Sun, Dark Sun is still my number one setting. Yeah, um, <clears throat> only, only slightly ahead of Ebron. I mean, I love both of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, like I love both of them, um, but there was always something about Dark Sun, and you know, when it comes out for fifth edition, um, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll get to play it, and we will get to see stuff. Um, but right now, it's just uh, it's so much conversion. And I know people have done the conversions, and and don't get me wrong, I think a lot of them are really great. But you still want to do your own conversion first, right? And be like, oh. What's the piecemeal? What do I have to edit and, and update? And you're like, oh, that's really good. And that's really good. Um, and Robert and I talk about a lot about this on, on Bones and Obsidian as well. We're just like, you know, he's got a he's got a translation for it. I've got some stuff that I was working on. And when I work on stuff, it's it's more like I, I try to I don't do it. I I write it out everything like properly. And there's like, oh, there's things missing here and there. Um, but he runs a game and. And it's great to see some of his stuff, and it's great to see what the the community's doing. It's just I'm waiting for wizards to do something with it, <laughs> and you're just like, come on, come on, bring something out, bring something out. Well, it's funny because uh, I feel like when when they were gonna when they were just about to announce um, Ever Eberron and uh, what's what's the other one, Ravinica? Is that how it said? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Like they're like they everybody knew they were going to announce a setting, mm-hmm. and I remember just kind of like researching because I've actually I'm newer to fifth edition D and D, simply based on um, you know I I was a third edition guy for a long time, right right I was because I was very pro open game license. Uh, I was mad about fourth edition, uh, <laughs> and then I tried playing it and I didn't enjoy it. So yeah, um, yeah. And then so it, so getting into fifth edition took a long time. Uh, actually, you know what got it got me into it was D and D Beyond because um I complained um I prefer things to be in an electronic format because I'm because mm-hmm. my dyslexia just works that way like it's it's easier for mm-hmm. me to manipulate it and, and play with how i yeah, read yeah. it um especially if it's backlit it's just a lot easier and 
And I didn't get a great response from them when I when I tweeted to them about that. So I was kind of like, huh, all right, I'm going to be salty for a while. But then I saw D&D <laughs> Beyond, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Um, yeah. But so so that being the case, like I was kind of like, oh, yeah, what what is that? You know, there's got to be people in the know that know what they're talking about. And everybody was saying a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's... So it was like, um, you know, there were there were people like it's gonna be Dark Sun. Oh, oh cool! I'm all you know. I love Dark Sun. It's gonna be Eberron. I'm like, oh, that'd, that'd be really cool too. I like Eberron, you know. Um, and then there yeah. were people like, oh, it's gonna be Planescape, or or um, there's a handful <laughs> of people who were like it'll be Spelljammer. I was like, I love Spelljammer. It's not gonna be Spelljammer. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually funny, like, I, actually, two things that you mentioned. Number one, the backlit thing. I remember um, I was trying to read the DMG one day. I think it was the D- No. Uh, no, I think it was the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. And I'm sitting there. I'm lying there in bed, um, and I'm trying to read it. And I could not figure out why I couldn't read it. And I suddenly realized that, oh, wait, I'm trying to read the actual book. I'm not trying to read an iPad. This <laughs> is messing me up. And, and I... I literally, for like a couple minutes, I could not figure that out. I could not figure out what it was that I was doing wrong. Yeah. Why can't I see anything? And it's the middle of the, it's like, <clears throat> it was the afternoon in the summer, so it was still light outside, but it wasn't like that bright. So I'm like, I can't see anything. What's going on? I could not, <laughs> could not, could not figure that out. Um, yeah. And uh, the other thing was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny to talk about the speculation because, um, I think I, I did a, an episode where Chris and I actually, um, Chris Nisak and I, sat around and speculated about stuff for D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I don't know if it was then or just a little bit later, we actually got, I actually got into the D&D Insiders. So basically, I have a non-disclosure agreement with Wizards of the Coast. Sure. I get to playtest stuff. So yeah. I have this episode out where we're sitting there speculating on stuff, and we're like, oh, Okay, well, I can't say anymore. Like, it, it was out there. It was it's perfectly fair. We didn't we we'd guessed nothing right. Um, <laughs> you know, Chris and I. Uh, this was back. Um, this was back. This was back right before Ravenloft came out. Okay. So we were guessing <clears throat> based on the things that that Chris Perkins had said during his Game Hole Con uh, Game Hole Con interview a few years back. He was like, oh, it's this, this, and this. And we're like, oh, you know what? It's probably Planescape. Because they, 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 one of the things he, one of the things that Wizards always says is, we've given you hints about what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We, we've, get, we've written them in. Like, we have plans and, and stuff. We, we know what's going to happen. Um, you know, stuff might get switched or whatever, but, you know, we know these things. We're going to revisit them. When is a whole big other issue. So nobody really saw Ravenloft coming. It was very, very, it was very interesting. Um, I don't have much background with it. Um, gothic horror is not really my my bag, mm. but it was really cool. It was really funny. And then, you know, we have the speculation episode where we're like, yeah, we're speculating about stuff. And now, wait, now I actually know what's coming up. I was a little while after that, but I was like, now I know what's coming up. So when, um, actually when Eberron was <clears throat> announced, um, so I do a podcast, obviously we do a podcast with at Manifest Zone with Keith Baker. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we talk about Eberron, we talk about Eberron every month. And at one point, Keith goes, hey, do you guys want to, to uh, make some comments on a thing? I just need you to sign an NDA with Wizards. And I was like, 
hey, I already got one. Um, so we got to find, obviously we got to find out that everyone was coming up and and Keith's thing, um, he'll he'll probably talk about it when you interview him, is like, Keith's thing was like, yeah, I didn't know how many more months I could go <clears throat> without telling you guys about it um, <laughs> because it's coming up. So he's like, I, I would have had to keep doing this podcast and not tell you guys about it. It was easier for him to just get get the NDAs. Like I was in the NDA already, but get the NDA, um, have us comment on it. So it was it was actually pretty cool to be in the development process because um, <clears throat> he'd already played it with his his home groups, his his three home groups or his whole three groups that he plays with. It's just to, to run some of the stuff and, and run stuff by us and and just chat about it. Um, you know, from a from a DM's perspective and, and a different side as well. That was that was actually really kind of fun. But as the day got closer to the announcement, like July twenty third, um, it was funny. It, like it's funny for me because I get to see what everybody else is saying without trying to release any, like without trying to say anything, right? So people are like, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. It's same thing as you. You're like, oh, it's this, it's that, and seeing all the speculation go out there and you're sitting there going, I can't comment, I can't say anything, um, but I can enjoy this. I can sort of laugh and be like, <clears throat> and this is not, this is, don't get me wrong, this is not me trying to be an ass. It was, it's just literally like, <clears throat> I, I I love seeing people being so excited about that. It's just like, oh, what is this? Yeah. What is that? And you get to see, and I love the reasoning. I love the um, the speculation and the, the, the um, like the point behind it. I mean, last year when when Tomb of Annihilation was released, there was a few people that got it right on. It was like, here are the things that these said, and they had like they had comments and points, and they're like, oh, here's this Twitter message, and I'm just sitting there going, wow, you guys are spot on. <laughs> you just don't know the name of it. Like you don't know it's Tomb of Annihilation. That's all you didn't know, right? I'm like, wow, that's so good. Like, and <clears throat> it's wonderful to see that. Like, obviously, I'm a very big DD fan, so. Mm-hmm. Um, the chance to be able to play test stuff and to to kind of be on the inside, to be able to make comments and to be a part of that is just really fun. Um, but sometimes you get to sit back and you'd be like, yes, I actually do know. And like my local, my the local guys, the ALC, they they know that I know and they ask me and I'm like, guys, I really can't say anything. I can say that what I've tested is awesome. <clears throat> um, we've we've made some changes, like we've we've suggested some changes. You know, hopefully take them. Um, I'll be like, oh, this this will work very like I think this will work really well in AL or this will won't work well, but this will be great for a home group or we played and we had so much fun and um, you know I got to I think just I guess recently we just got to do um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist and Waterdeep uh, um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, so we got to test Undermountain and it was just like, wow, this is really this is really interesting take and and whatnot. So it's just um yeah i mean you know the home group was my home group was very excited to be able to get into the play test and and be able to do that and um last year um, jeremy crawford was in our area at uh, fan expo and we got a chance to we got a chance to take him out uh, for drinks and then got a chance to take him out for dinner um you know we, we monopolized the time a little bit right so we got to ask him some really cool questions um not really about rules but more about what was the design aspect? And one of the things that that he said was, you know, he's like, had 170,000 testers for D&D. Um, we went back and forth through the alpha before fifth edition. We got a lot, a lot of feedback. We got a lot of people commenting on different things. And one of the things he said, and, and not arrogantly, he was like, you know what? Um, <clears throat> if you don't like D&D, 
this edition of D&D wasn't designed for you. Mm-hmm. I, and I always, like, I, I don't, I, I, I I don't say it the same way he does, but I always said that's like that was really interesting. He's like, you know, we designed it for people who love D and D, and we also designed it for people who want to try D and D. Yeah, we didn't design it for the person who's like, oh, this is wrong with D and D, this is wrong with D. like. We didn't design it for those people. We we really tried to design it for the people who love D and D, and it just so happens that the people who love D and D, they love Fifth Edition, and they've brought these other people who love D and D or are just learning to learn just to play it, and love D and D. Um, so the people who are like, you know, um, are very, very negative about D&D, um, you know, it's it's great. You guys, everybody has their games that they want to play and whatnot. Um, but I think one of the things is, is this game, it just wasn't designed for you. And especially the fifth edition, it was, really wasn't designed for you. So, you know, don't worry about it. You know, we're in a great community where everybody can enjoy what they love. Um, I just get very upset when people are bashing other people's games. I'm like, right. You don't like D&D, no problem. You know, it, it literally wasn't designed for you and it's not your aesthetic, it's not yeah. your game. No worries. You know, but one game is not better than the other. It's just, it's just, it, everybody plays it differently. And, um, you know, I, I love D&D. I love certain types of games and certain games that I'm, I'm not so good on, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'll go and try them. And I found that some of the things I think, I thought I didn't like, I, I do end up liking. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it'll be very hard pressed to be like, okay, we're gonna play D&D instead of, you know, we're gonna play this instead of D&D for me personally. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I I, I want to get my I, I want eventually get my my gaming group into playing, you know, Savage Rifts, you know, yeah. Savage Worlds. Um, oh. I think they would have fun. <laughs> Wait, I'm <laughs> um, looking at a pile of Rifts books from my collection that I've rebought over the last two years. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we got a, a few of my friends. So my gaming group, we have three Alexes in the group, and uh, two like one of them I, I basically grew up with, and the other one I've been really good friends with for the last almost twenty years. And uh, and basically, both we're all huge Rifts fans. I, I mean, but we're just like we look at the books that we have, and we're like, oh, these are unplayable. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I just I can't play. I just can't play Palladium, um, that system. But the the stuff in there, the art. All that is so fun. That's so like, oh, I really want to play it. We just, you know, I look at the the Rifts books I got. I got the, you know, just like, ah, I can't, like the Savage Rifts, the new one. <laughs> yeah. Just like, ah, when are we going to get to play it? Ah, I guess we'll see. We'll, um, maybe QCC. I think they had, I don't remember if they had it last year. I, I'm not too sure. I haven't looked at the QCC schedule at all. Um, so, I'll tell you this yeah. right now. I'm going to be mm-hmm. at QCC. On Saturday, oh, I'm 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 there all three days. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, I don't have anything planned, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna put some stuff in a bag just to to play some stuff. If you want to play a little bit of riffs? We'll and and nothing else is going on. We'll play some riffs. Sounds good. Sounds good. Because yeah, I, I mean, I've run it a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I ever played like. Original riffs, Palladium riffs. I don't think we actually ever played more than like one or two sessions. Mm-hmm. We would spend one or two sessions making characters. Oh, right. But I don't know if we ever got around playing to playing it. Um, yeah, it's it was it was fun though. It was one of those things where it was just like, look at all this cool, crazy, weird stuff. It it, it it's un. I can't say it's unplayable because there are people that play Palladium mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And just love that system. And it's like, you know, I, 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 I've, I've stopped bashing systems altogether. 
even even those ones like did i like fourth edition no but i i don't want to mm-hmm. play a tactical game you know yeah yeah but for people that enjoy the tactical aspect of it um and and are able to make that what they want awesome mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but uh so i won't bash palladium anymore because i've gotten yelled at by people <laughs> um but no. I, I i i only bash it because I only bash it because it was like it was a very cumbersome system, it's a very slow system. But you know, back then for for us, I mean, we we only had a choice between playing D and D or playing Palladium. And Palladium's a lot more. I don't want to say realistic in in that sense, but it's more like it's very like you know what you can attack and you can dodge yeah. and you use agility instead of like it was like there's certain things in D and D originals like. That make, I don't feel like that makes any sense. Blade <laughs> and Kill this makes so much more sense. It's just so much more complicated because we take like six hours to make a character, and then I'm like, I don't want to play anymore. Just you know, I just want to trace the the the, the thing. And you're like, well, okay, you know, like Gl- Glitter Boy was my shtick, right? I was like, oh, yeah. I always played the Glitter Boy pi- pilot. Um, you know, you, you either fire the gun or you, you you'd go over and be like, okay, how much MDC? How much MDC does it do if I stand on the guy and activate the pylons? Like, yeah. how how does that work? Right, that kind of thing. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, come on, glitter boy pilots! You glitter boy pilots out there, you know you you, you went and you like you got into melee and you wouldn't punch the guy. You would basically try to stand on top of him and fire the gun, and oh, yeah. your, your pylons would deploy into him, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I've never run a game of of either original riffs or savage riffs where uh, where at one point the glitter boy pilot w- would say, "So what happens if I if I don't take the time to put the pylons down before yeah. I?" Can? <laughs> you can do it. You know, oh yeah. It's <laughs> let's see how this goes. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, it's the only way for glitter boy to fly, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, it, it, it's, it's interesting because we're seeing this kind of second wave of, of these games from the, the nineties that like, mm-hmm. there's going to, you know, cyberpunk's 2077 is going to come up, come yeah. around. And that was, um, I think that might've been the third role-playing game I ever ran was 2013, mm-hmm. the box set. Um, yeah. everybody remembers cyberpunk 2020, but nobody remembers cyberpunk 2013. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, to see this, like, oh man, this, this was so inspiring to me. And, you know, uh, people I, will have conversations about TMNT and other strangeness. And I played the hell out of that. I, I ran and played so much TMNT. Um, yeah. So it's like, but yeah, it's it's cool I did to too. see this renaissance. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think with Palladium, they, they secured a lot of really great um, IPs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you had, well, the Rifts was their own, yeah. but you had TMNT, uh, you had, you know, Macross, Robotech, um, yeah. Robotech for the people who. <laughs> I, I know I know it as both, so like I usually say Robotech because I, I think a lot of the recent stuff says Robotech, but you know Macross and stuff like that. Like right. I love Giant Mechs, so it was like, let me just purchase all of these books that have Giant Mechs on them. I mean, that was just that made sense to me. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, you know, you're a 
I don't know, it was maybe 10 or something like that, or 10 or 11, no, no, no older than that. And just like, yeah, I want my allowance so I can go buy a, <laughs> buy this book. I, I think I might even still have some of them. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know. Like, I've been very bad about keeping up with my collection, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, you just, you just look at that and, and, um, you know, I've, I've looked at some of the more recent troubles with, you know, Macross tactics, RPG tactics or something like that. And the issues with Palladium and, um, you know, some of the background that you've heard and you're just like, I feel really sad. Yeah. Um, because it's like, this is a very big nostalgic point for, for role-playing games for me. And, um, for as much as I really feel that, you know, Palladium is a little cumbersome and, and it's hard, it's, it's hard to play. Um, it's fun to play it, but it's hard to play. Mm-hmm. Um, now you see them in some troubles, and 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 you're just like, and then now you've got the internet, so now you're reading the background, background, right. and everything. Oh my god, like, oh, man, did I did I need to know that? Did I need to know this part and and this thing? And um, I, I, if if I don't know if people like, I don't know if you know, like I, there was that whole thing about the riffs. Uh, there was going to be a riffs uh, board game or something. Yeah. And um, I guess the creator <clears throat> or something basically uh, attempted to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, you know, admit, you know, toxicity and and gaming. I was just like, I'm like, oh, you're serious? Yeah. Yeah. It's... I and I when I read that, I was just like, holy, like, you know, what have where have we gotten to that, you know, making games, making games has, has come to that. I was just like, oh, like that's that's really painful. I think, I think we're in a changing atmosphere though. And Mm -hmm. I, I feel the weight of it because I've been playing both because I've been playing so long with people that, um, you know, are, are, are even older than me. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you hear the, the term grognard or grognard, but it's, (laughs) it's actually pronounced grognard. Yeah. Um, because that's the, the term, um, I was corrected on that. So, (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> I, i'm like all right no, 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 i'll say it the right way but uh you know you, you that's that's like the the dudes i play with for the most part that's where they fall in you know they're they're old grognards you know um but but like we need to be we need to have a, a wider awareness because yeah i started yeah. playing role-playing games because i was an outcast you know and it was something that kind of allowed me personally um, to to be able to, you know, connect with with people on a different level and use my imagination to build something. And, and you know, and if we retain a toxic element that refuses yeah. people that like if, if we create outcasts. Like mm-hmm. that's not cool. That's yeah. <laughs> the bad. Thing. No, no. Yeah, absolutely agree. I I remember I was um I can't remember where I was I was saying like um if anybody's ever like listened I guess people listen to me on my my, my podcast they they probably heard the story like I mean I'm pretty sure that I I maybe not learned reading but you know I got pretty more advanced at reading uh, because of D and D and and Palladium books I mean. You, you had to read, yeah, you had to figure it out. And, you know, I had the Dragonlance novels to, to do and um, using your imagination. Like my parents, my parents hated D&D. I think still 
today when I mention it, they're just like, what? Are you still playing that game? And <laughs> Okay, whatever. <clears throat> but, um, you know, it, it really did keep me through a lot of that stuff, you know, <clears throat> being able to, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, being able to, to, to read better and, yeah. and to, to read faster. I mean, you know, I, I'm not on it so good anymore, but, you know, reading a novel, um, you know, reading a novel back then was like, I can finish a novel in three hours, um, you know, Dragonlance novel in three hours. So it wasn't a lot of, lot of, of time invested, um, but still a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you see, like, <clears throat> I listen to Dragon talk a lot and you see the developmental effects of RPGs, of D&D &D, uh, on people, um, helping people socialize and people yeah. with disabilities, um, those kind of things. I mean, like I work with I work with some people with disabilities in, in the finance field, and um, just to just to see the the advantages of, of having something like that, just having that connection. And you've heard I mean, we've heard a lot of stories of, of people like you know, there was an introvert and, and gaming just helped me and helped me and helped me. And we've hearing these stories for the last like. 20 30 years and finally someone's going by and be like no i teach english as a dnd class no yeah. i do therapy as a dnd uh, session um no we get we help people um with uh you know disabilities or we help people just come out of their shell with with autism just to <clears throat> to give them the structure of playing dnd and i'm not saying dnd is the only thing understand sure. everybody that obviously i love that and that's that's my bag so i know more about it um but just being able to, to hear that it's just it's so positive and then sometimes you turn around you, you see like I, I i was um i don't know who was commenting this to about the other day it was um uh ruby rose the the, the yeah. lady who the, the actress who's uh, being batwoman oh yeah so excited about um, that too yeah. And then what I saw, like, I, I don't know if this is even connected. It just, it just came to my head was that what I saw is like an article saying that she quit Twitter because of trolls, because yeah. of the negative reaction. And I feel so bad um, for her, obviously, but for the society we live in where people need to shut themselves out because there's, because these people are winning. Yeah. In a sense, like they're like, I'm loud enough, you know, they're proud of themselves. You know, we complained enough that we we knocked her off Twitter. Right. Right. Uh, same with um, uh, same with that lady for uh, Star Wars. Remind Rose, me. Uh, the, the character was Rose, the actress. Yeah. Um, my my friend knows her. Was yeah, I've argued with her and I can't think of her name. Oh, it'll pop yeah, in my head. It's it's gonna come into my head later on. Like I'm I'm not so good with I'm not so good with the movie and acting actors and actresses and stuff like that. Like, but the fact that she had to basically leave Twitter because of these people these people are are winning, mm -hmm. um, and I find that not nothing against them. Like don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not blaming people for leaving Twitter. What I'm I'm so concerned about is we're in an environment now where people think that that's a win for them. Yeah. That you basically were able to troll someone off of thing off of Twitter or out of social media or like they think they're winning. Yeah. Right. And right. I I I don't want that atmosphere. I want an atmosphere where where those people lose mm -hmm. all the time. You know, where um where the the good people win 
Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is the good people are not as loud, right? Because, you know, I, I, I'm guessing our listeners out there, you're, you're good people, but sometimes you hear something and you're, you're not going to just butt in and whatever, because it's just, those people have nothing to do but just be loud and yeah. obnoxious and painful. Um, and it's the same way with gaming. Um, you know, you sometimes see that, um, you know, I guess as we're recording this, it's um, Adventures League Season 8 is coming out. And there's a lot of changes. And and the people who are the loudest are the people who are the most upset about it. Um, the trolls, the, the whatnot, and the most toxic people. Uh, like I was looking at some of the... Co- I, I rarely try to read comments, but sometimes I just I I, I pass through some of them. Like, here are are people who are working so hard to be an administrator for Adventures League. Um, mm-hmm. I guess if people don't know Adventures League is the official D and D campaign. Yeah. Um, and it's got several hundred thousand people who play. And right. but the you know the loudest people are the ones they they're yelling and screaming and you know. Some people are constructive, but most people are just yelling and screaming. They're rage quitting or whatever. And I'm like, number one, there's six people, the administrators, who are trying to do something good. They have mandates from wizards that they have to follow. They're trying to satisfy as many people. They're trying to create a balanced game, whatever it is. And these poor people are getting lambasted. Like, I'm friends with a few of them. Um, um, at least I can hope it's call them friends. Um and they're just getting lambasted. I'm sure they're getting messages after messages after messages. And it is enough that it's just like, enough is enough. Yeah. You know, this, this, this indignation, like the feeling that they're actually trying to hurt you or something like that. I'm like, really? It's not. And, you know, I, I feel for that. I feel for our communities, our gaming communities, when that is the response yeah. that people feel appropriate um, to something they don't like. Just because you don't like something, it's not, a, especially like, let's say, um, uh, you know, organized play, it's not a personal affront to you. You were not their target for when they made up the rules. Right. You are. You. At, at the end of the day, your decision should not be whether I tax them on your decisions, like whether I play or not, you know, and, um, and that's the, that's the unfortunate part. And, and the whole gaming community obviously gets very polarized, polarized about, about everything. And, um, you know, I, you know, I've seen the fights and, and whatnot, and you're just like, I, I just want to play some games guys. Right. And, you know, if you don't play the same games that I do, no problem. I'm not, I'm not sitting at the same table as you, and I'm not commenting on your game. I don't see the reason you need to comment on mine. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick a fight with you. Like it's just, it, it's gaming is a social thing. It's not a social action thing. <laughs> I don't know what else to put that. It's just like this is not, this is not a battle you need to win in gaming. Gaming is. It's fun. It's, yeah. it's enjoyable. It's not a, it's not a movement. It's just, it's just gaming. The stakes you're At least that's how, that's, that's like how I feel. Lowest stakes ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it becomes, you know, I, I don't like politics. I, I don't like, I, I don't like any politics. And um, just because I don't feel that, you know, I don't feel that that's that's my thing. I go out and vote, but other than that, that's that's the limit of my my want and need for politics. 
Um, so, you know, when it gets into gaming, I'm just like, okay, you know, let's take a back, let's back step and let's, this is, this is not where we want, at least me personally, I know that's not where I want to go with, sure. with it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I think, I think a, a big part of it though, is that, you know, as, as the, the, the reach of gaming widens, I mean, you know, more and more people are playing D and D than ever before. Um, and then those people that were like, you know, the second wave D and D players are now like, Oh, what's this, you know, apocalypse world stuff or what's, mm-hmm. you know, what's Bluebeard's bride. Um, mm-hmm. I can only think of powered by apocalypse games right now, but you know, what's savage <laughs> worlds, you know, like what, what's all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're starting to like explore, you know, kind of where you and I have been exploring all along mm. the, the, the range of what's, what's there. Um, yeah. But I think that there's this, there's definitely this segment of the population. Um, mm. And I refer to it as the way I felt when X-Men, the first X-Men movie came out. Cause I've always been a comic book <laughs> fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I love, I love my, my, I'm a, you know, my, my comic book knowledge is, is very wide and very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the first X-Men movie came out, I was like, everybody was like, I'm, I'm a super huge X-Men fan. I'm, I love, I love <laughs> superheroes. I'm a huge nerd. Cause I went to see the movie three times. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you know, I got a little grumpy about that. Mm-hmm. But then I came to realize that now I'm getting to watch movies of the stuff that I was reading about. So what the hell am I complaining yeah. about? Yeah. What's, what was the complaint about? You know, it's more... funny that you mentioned, it's funny that you mentioned those other games because I, I remember talking to Jeremy and, and, you know, I, I think one of the, the complaints that I've, I've seen a lot, like going back to just, you know, um, D and D specific, sorry guys, you know, I'm just like talking about D and D, um, <laughs> okay. is that, um, D and D is old technology. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard this a lot. Um, you know, it's it's so archaic. It's this. It's that. Um, and you know, I asked Jeremy Crawford, I was like, "What if you know you've heard those kind of comments? I'm sure. You know, well, what do you think?" He's like, "You know what? They studied a lot of different games. They played a lot of different games. I mean, Jeremy Crawford designed. Oh shoot, now I can't think, remember. He designed games before he came to D and D, like." Mm-hmm games that some people like oh this is an awesome game and one of the things he said was yeah we we knew about that stuff um you know we knew about this we knew about that and but we ran past the play testers they didn't like it yeah they they didn't find it it was it wasn't their D. and so that's why a lot of D stuff has, has stuck very close to its roots because that's what people expected from D. And that's why I always say it's just, you know, sometimes this game wasn't meant for you. It's not that they don't know. I mean, D and D like call it what it is. It's the, the biggest RPG um, in our industry right now. I'm pretty sure the designers looked at other games before they went, <laughs> they yeah. came out and be like, we're creating this game, but they didn't create it in a certain way. Like they didn't do, you know, um, you know, dungeon world bonds and, and stuff like that. Sure. Because the players didn't want it. Right. right. And, that's great. I mean, it's just like you and in, in fourth edition and, and for me as well. I mean, I played fourth edition. I played it because they had the D and D label and I played it because it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like some of the tactical combat and, and whatnot, but it wasn't D and like, that wasn't D and D and 
one they it was a very far departure from it right um but if you play like if you relabel that game as like like a supers game or like a or how about gamma um, world because i love yeah gamma world that came out if you if if you ran if you ran that as those things instead of D D. Yeah. If you had never seen this game and you were like, you know what, <clears throat> you have cards and you have powers, and you ran it as a game as that rather than going with the D and D label, I think a lot of more people would have enjoyed it. Yeah. But it just wasn't what we expected from D and D, right? There was it was too far of a departure, and <clears throat> when they came back to fifth edition, they went, well, let's take two years and you know poll two hundred thousand people and see what they think D and D should be. Yeah. You know what what should stay, what should go, and and that's why I tell people, you know what. You know, fifth edition. Fifth edition is the widest thing. It, it's taken, <clears throat> it's taken stuff from all the editions. It's a step forward and in in their design and a step forward in, in a lot of things that they did. But it harkens back to you know second second a little bit of third edition. Um, you know, the <clears throat> the math behind it is solid. <laughs> Not like in fourth where it breaks down and when you get to like twentieth level or like fifteenth level, the, the math doesn't break down. You know those kind of things. And it's just, it's, million, it's those little small things. things to remember, like three point five. Like, oh yeah, for sure. I, it's funny because I actually really enjoy playing uh, Pathfinder. Um, uh, you know, I play in a regular Pathfinder game, and yep. uh, and I have a lot of fun doing that. I play an archer, and I have all my little archery things. But you know. I use a computer program to do it now. <laughs> like, like I have fun doing that and, but it checks some, some very specific boxes in my brain, but I don't want to do if, if, if my group was like, we're only going to do Pathfinder from now on, I'd be a little bit like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I need, I need to check different boxes. So, yeah. um, and, and I, and I enjoy now now i enjoy playing fifth edition as well you know it's mm-hmm. it's two different approaches to kind of, yeah. kind of the same thing i guess yeah but i also enjoy playing groups like <laughs> <laughs> you know i think that that's the big thing too i think that that what what you have to to understand is that you know maybe and and i would say this i'd say this to anybody that's like I don't play D and don't play fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons because it's stupid. I mean, I know people that are like, I only play first edition Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Cool. Um, but if you don't like it right now, try it, try it again sometime, you know, yeah. or, you know, when, when you have a couple friends that are like, oh, I've always wanted to try D and D don't hand them first edition. Maybe, maybe <laughs> give, give fifth edition a try because it's, it's, I've used I've used a negative term for it when I was grumpy about <laughs> about uh, <laughs> when I was still salty. Um, yeah. uh, but but it is very much uh, uh, a beginner, not beginner though. Beginner is the wrong word for it. Mm-hmm. It's an in, it's a good introduction to what gaming is. It's a beginner friendly game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Beginner friendly. Um, yeah. I I I I guess. You know, I, they polled 200,000 people and, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I think that maybe they, they feel like, Hey, sorry, Carl from Nebraska, that you weren't in that list of people that decided to respond to us. But, um, yeah. if you're complaining, you know, you had your yeah. shot, 
So, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I kind of goes back to the, you know, what, you know, people making comments, but it's like, it was funny. I mean, remember when, when fifth edition came out, there was, there was like, no, I'll only play second edition, you know, second edition, the best edition. I'm like, so what does it matter if there's a fifth edition? <laughs> it, was, it was just like, if it, if you we won't play it, then what does it matter that someone else plays it? Like, is there a reason for your commenting saying it sucks and second edition is the best? It's like, well, then just play second edition. No one's saying you have to switch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, like that's one of those things. It's just, and that goes back to like some of the things that we've been saying. It's just like, there are people who want to be toxic. There's people who want to be heard mm-hmm. just to hear the sound of their own voice. And it's just it's sometimes, you know, sure, you can be heard, but sometimes it's just so disruptive. You're just like, what is the point of you doing that? Like, what is the point of you being so negative about something that you yourself are not playing? Like, is it important for someone else to listen to you to be negative? Um, is it important for your ego? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I've never understood that, you know? And you know, there's some games I don't play. And if I don't play them, I don't go, <clears throat> you know, I'll tell the world, no, you shouldn't play that game. You should play D&D. I just go, just, I play D&D, <laughs> you know? You know, this is the game I prefer. You know, and if you want to get me to try to play it, sure, if I have time and it's a, it's appropriate, sure. Yeah. We'll try it. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to have a fight with you about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not going to say mine is better, like, let's go to war like there's no point to that um i it's i have so you know triggering has been a a conversation that's that's been had um in gaming and in outside of you know in in political Mm -hmm. spaces and stuff like that too and um i'm a big fan of 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 safety things like um Mm -hmm. like lines of veils and the x card and stuff like that um one of the things that triggers me uh, is bullying. Um, and I tend to go after the bully, uh, mm-hmm. just instinctually. Um, and, and when we meet at QCC, I'll happily tell you a story where I did it. Uh, but I'm not going to say that on recording. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it's, it, it's always been a case of attack, attack, attack. And I'm in a Facebook group with a bunch of nerds where we, we it's a debate group and mm-hmm. periodically somebody will get in. I'm not the only admin in there. There's a bunch of other admins and somebody will get in and, and they, they start spreading that toxicity. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, when, when people start bullying other people in the group, I immediately go on the attack. That's my instinct. But you know what I found actually works? Hmm? Responding to them by saying, hey, listen, I'm sorry that somebody really hurt you in your life. And if ever you want to talk about what's going on with you, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to lend an open ear. And, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you, 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 the, the whole kill them with kindness thing, you know, mm-hmm. give them a hug because, because they're not they're not spewing this because they're toxic, evil individuals they are spewing this because mm-hmm. they got it from somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 
I mean, that's the, I, I feel like I just gave the tropiest <laughs> thing in the world, but you know, hug, have you hugged your bully today? Um, mm. that's, that's not a good idea. Kids don't, don't hug your bully. That's, uh, <laughs> but, um, but it, I mean, I think we're, we're seeing, I think we as a community are seeing a massive transition. And I think that what we're going to see as part of that is that, you know, this hobby is just going to continue to expand and exp- it, it just, just become evolve mm-hmm. is the word I'm thinking of. Uh, but there, there's going to be some growing pains. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, if, I mean, I'm not, you know, if, if someone is being hyper angry, like ask them why, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you have a bad day? Is everything okay? You know, I guess, I don't know. Um, but I found that from my personal experience, I found that that works a lot better than going in swinging. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited that there are people though, like you and, and like everybody at misdirected Mark who, whose voice is out there saying, Hey, be cool. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you know, we all get angry. I, I get angry. You know, we get upset. And <clears throat> the thing is, is that as soon as it gets out, yeah. There are more people attacking your tone and the way you say things than people actually want to disagree and ha- and converse about stuff. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're angry, especially if someone's said something and, you know, whatever it is, we all, you know, we all have our hurts and we all have our, our things that, you know, our trigger points and things that we get upset about. Yeah. And how we deal with them is how we is how we go about being human like human right Right. like i i I don't know i guess i've only recently heard the term social justice warrior um like i I didn't really understand what it was until i realized oh this is about people being up like being professionally upset (laughs) i guess Mm -hmm. and 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 sometimes i I look at that and going you know what yeah there are people doing things out there that are are wrong um there are people doing things that out there that are um that offend you um that offend me absolutely um and there are people who are out there to hurt you or there are people out there that have said things that are hurtful maybe not directed to to you but how you respond how you you deal with that is is so important yeah um just as a I guess just as a human being, I mean, I just be mad, be upset and do something about it. But going out, like sometimes I see, like it's really the wrong, what I feel, okay? What I feel is the wrong response because all you're doing, like like you said, you're all you're doing is is tacking on hate with hate and Mm -hmm. and arguing with argument. If someone thinks they're right, um, nothing nothing we say is going to change their mind right. until they think they're wrong. Right. You know, and it's the same, it's the same thing with me. I'm not saying everybody else. Okay. Please understand that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, you know, if I'm hurt, if someone comes and hurts me, yeah, 
my first reaction is I want to hurt them back or, you know, I want to get revenge or be upset. But how you react externally to that, um, how you treat people, that's that's what it's going to be, right? Yeah. And yeah, people are getting it wrong. <laughs> there's, there's nothing that says we're going to get it right. You yeah. Know? But you know, I I have my trigger points as well. I mean, <clears throat> you um, you attack my principles. Um, you know, you attack what I believe is fair and just in this world. Um, you attack my family or my friends. Yeah. Um, you know, you say anything about those. You're going to yeah, lash. Watch out. Yeah. You know, watch out. But <clears throat> someone, saying, someone saying something stupid about alt-right supremacy, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy about it. But I, I'm, it's not I, – I don't know. It's, their opinion is, is never going to affect me. And their whole point is to try to affect me mm-hmm. with what they're saying. Right. And if I don't let that, I win. If someone says something stupid or says someone says something hurtful and whatever, you know what? My response, my response is is the only thing I can control because they are trying to do something. They are trying to get some sort of reaction. They are throwing their hurt at you. Yeah. What? No one wants to be a punching bag, but at a certain point, just like, see ya. Yeah. That's that's not. That's not for me, and um, you know, it's just that, you know, I, there's only so much time you can and spend to do certain things. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that people who <clears throat> spend their time, take their time and and whatever to right the wrongs that they feel are they need to fight. That that's great. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, but for me personally, I I got a two year old daughter. Um, I've got games I want to play. Yeah. I've got work i've got a business to run um sort of point you just be like i'm how much time i'm going to spend being upset and angry um and attack someone else um you know there's there's only there's only so much we can do there's only so much not so much we can do i want to rephrase that there's so much so much time that we have and what you decide to spend your time on um, is what you are telling the world is valuable to you. Right. Right. And, you know, <laughs> just that, that's what it is. That, that's what it is to me. And, and I feel bad. Uh, I feel uh, upset that there's some people out there that their whole time and existence is spent trying to down somebody else. You know, so I'm trying to damage somebody else. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the way that they express themselves. You know, and I feel bad because, like we said earlier, it's just it's working. Like some people, they're spending they where they could have a positive influence in this world. They have the will to make a negative influence. They could have the will to make a positive influence, and they're just they're not they're not doing that. And it's it's unfortunate. Like it, it really is. It's well, you know, it's it's a. Uh... It, it ends up being a waste of energy um, because like you said, if somebody believes in something, you're not going to convince them that mm-hmm. they're wrong mm-hmm. by tell, especially when you tell them they're wrong, like people yeah. will fight that. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, 
you know, I don't, I don't believe the same things. Okay, I'll, let's take my gaming group. We've been meeting together for '93 uh, is when I think I stepped in. Wow. So yeah, um, and there have been breaks here and there and stuff, but um, that's a long time. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't have the exact same belief systems as all of those bastards. Um, <laughs> but and 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 I know they do, they don't as me and sometimes we get in discussions and stuff, but you know, we're not, we don't hate each other because we don't believe all the exact same things, you know? Um, yeah. but if it's the kind of thing where, uh, I'll, I'll give, I'll give an example they wanted to play seventh C and I tried seventh C a few times and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't think I got it. I don't think I, it registered with me. Sometimes that happens. They wanted to play a big campaign. I was like, I don't really want to invest the time. So I said, you know what? I'm going to not, well, I won't be around for that. When you play other things, let me know. I'll be around mm-hmm. for those. But like, that's compromise. And that's just existing in the world is a <laughs> compromise. And, you know, <laughs> being with a, 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 you on your own, you don't have to compromise. Mm-hmm. but you're also alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, let's to bring it back to gaming. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it is a, a privilege, you know, when people, uh, myself included are, are able to play with a game, a group of people, you know, gaming group where it's not objectionable to play with them. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had those, um, we've had those games where it, it is, um, so, you know, it's, um, it, there's definitely that, that situation, but, you know, our, most people are pretty cool about it and everybody's, um, you know, having a good time. You're, you're fine. I mean, yeah. we have a difference of opinion on certain things on religion or what out, whatnot, and it doesn't affect us. Right. But when you get out to the greater gaming group, it might, and, um, you know, you'd rather make friends than enemies, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I've I've so. never uh, I've never sustained a severe injury either from just listening to somebody else's opinion. So that's uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. In fact, I've I've listened for long periods of time to people's opinions on on. Uh, why they enjoy things that I don't like. We were talking about Palladium games earlier, and I had a long conversation <laughs> with a guy that loves everything Palladium, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know it was re- he had some really interesting takes on it, and you know, mm-hmm. um, but I I don't recall re- leaving that conversation um, sore or feeling any broken bones or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. I, uh, you know, we're, we've been talking for about an hour. Um, this has been an awesome conversation. <laughs> I feel like it's, I could talk some, some, some heavy topics in there. Sorry, yeah. buddy. That's <laughs> no, that's I, man, listen, you, you have, well, you've got three other podcasts where you talk about gaming all the time. So I'm, I'm happy. Listen, the lounge is about hanging out and talking <laughs> about cool stuff and, you know, that's why I put jazz music all over it. It's like, 
Um, unless you're triggered by jazz. I never thought of that. Oh, well. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I did I did actually want to, um, you know, point out uh, uh, Curtain Call, A Sharn Adventure. Um, it was this release. So, so in, in the group that, um, I'm playing D and D with, it's an online yeah. group and Eberron kind of came out and I was like, Oh, I want to do this now. And we were, we had been mm-hmm. doing, we'd been planning a Pathfinder game for a long time. Yeah. That was my own setting. Um, and I'm going to throw this out there that setting would be much better in D and D. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, the, um, so I just was like, uh, you know, I wonder if I have a story for this and I actually, uh, I have a unique way of running mysteries and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but a, there was a part of it that was like, I have to build a lot of stuff for this. Yeah. I resigned myself to it. Cool. Uh, then encoded um, the the network that I am on, uh, or <laughs> affiliated with the network that I am on, uh, managed to put this out, um, mm-hmm. and it hits all the boxes of what I wanted to do. So oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to thank you um, because oh. I'm not going to run this specific adventure. No. But I'm going to steal the hell out of it. <laughs> oh, that that works too. It it's actually funny. Um, when we first start uh, planning this, um, I really wanted to. I, I know that um, down with D and D has talked about it before, and I, I've kind of mentioned it a couple times and and whatnot. And, and the the major thing, I, I, even on gaming and BS, I, yeah. I've, I've heard it before is. Um, D and D D and D and and kind of pass fail systems don't run um, investigations and mysteries very well. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, uh, this is based on the fact that um, you need clues, right? I I think anybody who knows out there uh, who's even played gumshoe knows that you need clues. If you're going to have a mystery, you need clues. And one of the, um, uh, one of the major things was that what was happening in in D and D and for investigations in D and D, you would roll an intelligence investigation check, and if you made it, you got this clue. What if you didn't make it? Right. <laughs> what if you didn't get it? Um, and this is where you would have to DM around this, like you you would have to 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 figure it out. And what I looked at was. Um, I don't know how I came upon it, um, but I came upon a, a, a website, and basically it was talking about D&D, and it was basically saying, writing a gripping mystery, adventure mystery in four steps. And what it really was saying was, how do you create, you know, what's the most important part of writing uh, an adventure, a module or whatever, and writing a mystery? And I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to have something. And I've, I've had a couple little things written here and there, mm-hmm. but I finally wanted to be like, this is going to be the whole point of this is that there is something to solve. There's a mystery. There's a, um, if you, you haven't seen the the mod, it's it's a kidnapping. Um, they don't want to go m- murder. Just, just more cliche, right? <laughs> and um, 
and basically I, I read this and I read some of the stuff and what the article writes is a it's a it's a quote from SS Van Dyne and he's a, a fiction writer and he had a short piece that says 20 rules for writing detective fiction uh, detective fiction and the very first rule states the reader must have an equal opportunity with a detective for solving the mystery all clues must be plainly stated and described mm -hmm. and the the author of the article um, is ALRIC Ulrich I'm, I'm not too sure who this is um, what they went on to say was that as a DM Oh, sorry, first of all, the key to good fiction is to provide a string of clues. To For a good mystery, it's to provide a string of clues for the protagonist to connect. So you have to provide enough clues, uh, if you're writing, that the detective in the story, whoever, is going to connect the dots and they're going to they're gonna have an idea. But the other part of it, the reason why the reader of a detective story or a mystery is having fun is because they have a chance to get the exact same clues and figure out the mystery before the detective does, mm -hmm. right? Like there might be that one thing where the detective knows, and but it's it's fun to try to get ahead of him. It's trying to be like, I guess it beforehand. Like you have a lot of fun doing that. And what that means was that he said was, you must deliberately set aside a portion of the narrative control so that the reader can make deductions. But that's exactly what we do in an adventure. That's exactly yeah. what we do when we're DMing something. We let go of narrative control to the players. So when you're doing a mystery, you, you're you already used to doing that. When you're running as a GM or a DM, you're already used to doing that. You're all used to letting narrative control go. So that means writing a mystery in, in D&D is really easy. Yeah. All you got to do is put all the clues in. Yeah. And and the only thing that the skill, like in the mod, the only thing the skills checks do is to give you additional information about the clues and then i did i I'll, I'll be honest i cribbed that directly from gumshoe because <laughs> gumshoe is if you spend a point you get more information right mm -hmm. so these ones were I, I built it out so like very simple five clues i ran it past people uh who were who were not necessarily DD players um i ran it by my wife um who's not a DD player but i ran the mystery pastor and i was like if i give you these clues <clears throat> does it lead you to think this or does it lead you to think this and and she went she, she went through it and she's like okay this is what I thought and and from that I was able to build a mystery because well your clues lead you to certain points in the adventure or certain points into Sharn um, because it was also meant as a kind of a it was meant as a kind of a, a you know showcase showcase the the city sort of thing mm -hmm. but like after reading that I was like oh this is how you do it and I I've been trying to figure that out I've been trying to like piece it together myself and to be like how do you do this and i just realized you know what you you're already you've already stepped done one step you just have to throw the clues at the, the characters at the players and it's not really the characters right it's the players are you're, you're giving right. the clues to because their characters should eventually figure it out but the players need to try to get ahead of the characters mm -hmm. what is the mystery that i'm trying to solve and um so that's how i i, I figured out the, the design thing and then um and sort of thing, and then obviously, you know, Robert, <clears throat> Robert Ducci, and, and Keith Baker, you know, added a lot of stuff. We went through all that stuff together, but um, just at the beginning, that was the the thing that I really wanted to write. And I was just like, okay, we gotta write, we gotta, we gotta write this. We gotta, I, I want to do a mystery. I want to do something that, it's not that nobody's ever done in D and D, but I wanted to do something that maybe not a lot of people have have attempted in the same way. Yeah. It's just like that's that's gotta be what we try to do.
there's there's so few adventures uh in D D that are that are outright mysteries like like whodunits. Um and this is this is such a cool one. I have to now the one thing I do something really weird with mysteries mm-hmm. and I've done it three times and it's been super successful. Yep. Um, I do the same thing. The clues are there. You, you know, you're, yep. you're available. Um, if, if they're doing like searching and they're doing, maybe I'll give them more clues and stuff. Um, and yep. then I'll let them start to piece it together. Mm-hmm. And then I use the role to determine how close they are. And I actually changed the result of the mystery based on what they speculate, what the players speculate. And Mm. um, it's it's an improv trick, and it's not one I recommend for everybody because it can (laughs) – I've heard of it going poorly because I used to recommend people like, oh, that's how you run a mystery. And I had people come back to me with feedback like, that was the worst game I've ever run. Why did you make Mm -hmm. me do that? And I'm like, oh. So, um, I haven't figured out why that, that works for me, but, um, but like, this is such a solid piece of, it's a solid guide to run a mystery in, in D and D, um, that, that is a thing that you don't see that often. So if, yeah, we really, really, really wanted to try something, something different. I kind of pushed, I'll be honest, I kind of pushed for it, um, I kind of had most of it outlined by the time the other guys started writing. Um, so I kind of for I kind of forced the issue. I'll be very honest. I, you know, it was a really collaborative effort, but I kind of forced the issue on that. <clears throat> but it was um, it was interesting because that's not how I usually write mods, and that's not how I usually write things. But because um, there's a lot of pre, there's a lot of pre planning, and the other thing that I, I always insist when when I talk to people like about writing and and writing adventures is that um, it has to be an instruction booklet, right? So um, an adventure, a module, um, a a game, it's an instruction booklet. It's not for you to tell a story. It's not, you're not a fiction writer telling a story. You're giving the DM um, the tools to run a story. Um, you're giving them, <clears throat> you're giving them all the information they need to present it in their way to their players. Because there might be modifications, there might be things, and I've always insisted on that. So that's when I write, it's a little more technical. Like it's more like very, very straightforward. Here's the stuff. Here's a description you can use. You can quote it or whatnot. Um, <clears throat> that's why the explanations in there. I, I, you know, there's a lot of like I like sidebars as well. I'm putting a sidebar like this is a mystery. The reason why there's no checks, I don't know if I said it that way. I was like, the reason there's no checks to find the clues is because you need to give them clues. Mm -hmm. The whole point is to give them a stream of clues and let them figure it out. Let them give them prompts, give them hints, because otherwise they just get stuck and they get frustrated. Like I I think I actually wrote that. And there's stuff that explains certain things. Why, you know, why is this piece of this clue important? And why would you, why would you come to this conclusion? And if, if your players are maybe not as familiar Here's the conclusions, or here's some of the things that you can give them to, to prompt their conclusions. Yeah. And and I don't know if we did it perfectly. I mean, we 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 wanted to get it out. We really wanted to get it out there because there was people asking, oh, you know, where where's a, an adventure? Where where can we run stuff? You know, how do we get something in? Um, so we really wanted to, we really wanted to put that out. Um, but for me, it was just 
I, I wanted to be able to articulate all of that um, for someone to be able to, to pick it up and, and start reading and being like, oh, I get it. So you know what? At at one point, because this this is not this this thing shouldn't be secret to the DM. So you know, there's there's when you get to the clue section, the first thing it says is, "Here's the background. Here's the here's the here's the sidebar. Yeah. Here's what actually happened. Yeah. And here's the description of here's the things that happened, and here's the things and and why there's clues here. That's the description. Then you go into it going, okay, here's the the box text you tell the players, and as they describe what they're looking for. Here's the clue that you find here. Here's the clue you find here. Here's the role you can make, have them make to give them more information. It's not impossible to solve without it, but there's there's their there's the um, the pass fail. There's the the fail forward thing um, there, right? So that that was kind of like oh, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And the other thing is, you know, it, because it's a pass fail system uh, for D and D. I, I didn't want to give it like we didn't want to give it like gradients, so yeah. which is like here's a way around some stuff. <laughs> you know, here's a yeah, you, you can go this way sort of thing. That makes a lot of sense. I actually uh, I've incorporated um, gradients into all the games I do now, um, mm. which you know it, it's that's just a it's just more fun. <laughs> it's it's oh more, yeah yeah no. you know um, but uh, but that being said like. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're working towards, I mean, you were working towards putting something out on, on GM's guild, which, or DM, DM's guild. Whew. Uh, I'll edit that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you were working on putting something out for DM's guild. Um, mm-hmm. and it's gotta have, it's gotta be precise to, to that system, but you definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say if I were looking at this going, Oh, I'm going to run this. There's enough information in here for me to run it with, with whatever little tweaks I have to my style mm-hmm. of gaming. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I love the idea of an adventure as a rule book um, or as a instruction book. Um, yeah. Because that's such a cool, like I've always looked at, at adventures as like, it should be the crib notes to a story that's going to go on. And, mm. you know, here are the story elements. Here's all the stuff that's going to happen without the player characters. Like, like here's this intricate Rube Goldberg device, very carefully set up and laid out that's going to happen just on its own. And then you, we're going to throw a bunch of mad weasels into it and see what <laughs> happens. Um, good, good, good name for characters. Mad weasels. <laughs> Um, Wayne, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I, I do, a, I do a, a, a pre and post, uh, uh, thing where I'll, I'll, I'll plug all your stuff. Um, cause oh, you sure. do a lot. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, no, no wonder you ain't got time for, for toxicity cause you're a busy guy. Um, <laughs> But um, uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to, to meeting you at, uh, at um, QCC in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, have my, I'll have my riffs. I'll be, I'll be ready, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds uh, good. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, 
as as has become my tradition on this show, uh, you are welcome mm-hmm. back anytime. If there's a point where you're just Thank like, you. I want to talk more about anything, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's um, I love I love content. Um, yeah. And uh, everybody should go out and check out Curtain Call. Uh, anything else directly that you want to plug? Um, well, if you want to know more about Dark Sun, uh, listen to Bonestone Obsidian, obviously on the, the network. And uh, if you're interested in Ebron, I have another podcast called Manifest Zone. It's manifest.zone. I, I don't know. We, when we're naming it, we're like, oh, we, we, we saw this. And that's a good thing. And uh, um, yeah, we... Those are both about monthly podcasts and just uh, and whatnot. And, you know, otherwise, you know, if you want to talk about D&D, you know, come on to the come on to the boards and, and talk yeah. about D&D. And I've, when I have time, I'll, I definitely come try to come in and, <laughs> and, and throw my two cents in. And, and actually, one of the things that people keep saying is like, I always come in with a link. <laughs> I always come in with uh, with a reference. Oh, this, this, you know, here's a reference or here, here. Oh, this is the Twitter article. Like, it's like, I don't say much. I just usually put that in there and be like, this is what someone said. Oh yeah. You were like resource (laughs) ninja. Like you, like you're just like, boop. I see that symbol. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that's, I, I, I don't, I don't be too, I'm not really opinionated about a lot of things. So, Mm -hmm. but if people are looking for information, it's, it's always like, here's, here's something you can reference for information and you can be like, is that right or wrong? Um, and I just try to add to the conversation that way. And like someone was like, yeah, you always come in with just with a link and, and just, you know, like a couple words. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's what it is. (laughs) I haven't really noticed that, but apparently that's what I do. (laughs) Well, that's, it, it's, it's an awesome thing that you do. Um, and you know, it's a classy thing that you do. And, uh, and that's what I like to do at the end of every episode is tell people to stay classy. So Wayne, if you would not mind doing the honors. All right. Well, everybody, uh, thanks for listening and stay classy. Thank you so much, Wayne, for stopping by and having that great conversation. We got pretty deep there, huh? talk about some powerful stuff sometimes on the lounge um you can check out curtain call sharn adventure by wayne chang robert davucci and keith baker the legendary keith baker and you can check that out right now at the dms guild you can also find wayne on bonestone and obsidian on advantage to insight as well as manifest zone where he does a podcast with Keith Baker so that's awesome The Lounge is a misdirected market production media arm of Encoded Designs and hey check out this other misdirected work podcast Gnomecast several gnomes from the gnome stew get together and talk about a gaming topic and themselves a bit in an effort to avoid being thrown into the stew and entertain you. I think they're an effort to, to entertain you and also avoid being thrown into the stew. Um, I think that's what we're working on. (laughs) 
Digging this song that you're hearing right now? This is And So It Begins by Artificial Music, used under Creative Commons 3.0. Also, I have a new podcast. Confusion is my superpower. Oh, I broke the song again. <laughs> um, come by and check that out. It's it's musings from my 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 twisted little brain. So that's kind of fun. I can be found at Doc Palindrome everywhere. Um, and I look forward to seeing you again. Stopping by. And we'll chill right here on the lounge.